It feels like we've heard this one before. A president under investigation by the Department of Justice for taking some classified documents with them when they left office. And this time, it's President Biden. He has really been consumed this week with sort of a dribbling out of information about a set of classified documents from his years as vice president that ended up in a couple different locations. That is Matt Beiser. He reports on the White House for The Post. Last year, classified documents were discovered at former President Trump's residence in Mar-a-Lago. It prompted an investigation by the Justice Department that is still ongoing. And now it's happening again. On Thursday, Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that he's appointing a special counsel to find out how classified documents ended up in Biden's possession. And how big of a deal is this? It's a little early to tell how how much legal problems there may be. But from a political perspective, it, it's a pretty big problem coming at a pretty difficult time for Biden. He had been on an extraordinarily good run, perhaps one of the best since he became president. It's going to take a lot of oxygen out of uh, Washington and sort of the things that Biden wants to talk about and force his White House to respond to questions, respond to an investigation now, and respond to congressional inquiries. Um, And it makes it harder, I think, for him to fully go after Trump for his own, while different, you know, his own taking of classified documents. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Friday, January 13th. Today, the classified documents that Biden took after his vice presidency and the major political controversy that is sure to follow. We're trying to understand what this all means in the context of two weirdly similar investigations. Does this mean that what Trump allegedly did wasn't actually so unusual? Or does this mean that what Biden might have done here was equally problematic? Or should we be comparing them at all? We are unpacking all of that today with Matt. So let's go back. And I'd love for you to explain a little bit more about where this came from. Like, how did the the Department of Justice first become aware that these documents existed and that they weren't apparently where they were supposed to be. So the first discovery of this occurs on November 2nd uh, when Biden's legal team is packing up a lot of his papers in an office that he had at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, uh, which was this entity that Biden had set up with the University of Pennsylvania um, after he left the vice presidency and still retained an office there. So they're packing up those documents and find in what they say is a locked closet, a set of of roughly 10 documents that were marked classified. And by their account, they immediately close those up and um, notify the National Archives, which is the proper repository for for documents after um, somebody leaves the vice presidency or the presidency. So, so it's Biden's own people that were like, by the way, we have a thing that maybe we weren't supposed to have and, like, we just need to give you a heads up. Correct. Biden's White House is sort of making a a couple of different arguments. He's acting proactively when he discovers these things. Um, So they notify the National Archives. They come in, they get those documents. And in the timeline that Merrick Garland, the attorney general, outlined yesterday, 
the Department of Justice is then notified a day or two later about the existence of these documents. On the evening of November 4th, 2022, the National Archives Office of Inspector General contacted a prosecutor at the Department of Justice. It informed him that the White House had notified the archives that documents bearing classification markings were identified at the office of the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement located in Washington, D.C. That office was not authorized for storage of classified documents. So that's document batch number one. And, and how this all really starts is, is Biden's own lawyers reaching out and saying, hey, we, we found these. They're yours. Come get them. But then there are these this one set of documents from the Penn Biden Center and then another set of documents at his private residence. Where does that come into play? So there's a time frame here that we don't yet fully have explained. Why a gap between November 2nd and the next batch is discovered on December 20th. So there's a couple weeks in between there, and, and we don't know if they were sort of uh, searching all through that time period or sort of what triggers this second search. Um, but on December 20th, uh, the Biden lawyers find a new set of documents. Um, and this is what was revealed fully yesterday, uh, which has sort of triggered a little bit more of a problem potentially. So they find another set of documents, and this exists in Biden's garage in his house in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, so, so I have to say, there's something humorous, like very, uh, like almost relatable about like finding stuff in your garage that you're like, oh shoot, like where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, classified documents in the garage. Well, do we know what these documents are? Both the Penn Biden Center ones and the ones in Biden's garage. Like, what what kinds of documents? What makes them classified? We don't have a good sense. And that is honestly one of the things that makes it a little bit hard right now to come to firm conclusions over how big of a deal this is. Um, there's a little bit of a debate over the overclassification system. A lot of stuff gets classified by the government. And so are these documents sort of things that, you know, you wouldn't, uh, you know, cause a national security issue um, we have more reporting, I think, on Trump's documents and, and how some of those do seem to be kind of damaging potentially to national security. Um, Biden's White House is sort of, uh, at least according to them, they don't they haven't they don't have a full understanding for what these are because mm. by their account, as soon as they saw they were classified, they, they they turned them over. So they're not, by their account, rifling through them to to figure out what what exactly is is in them. And just to be clear. Uh, to our knowledge, these are all of these documents came from when Biden was vice president under Obama, right? These Correct. Are, are years old. Yeah. So the so the process typically is at the end of the vice presidency um, or presidency. It's up to that person to sort of sort through what's personal in nature, what's government in nature. The government stuff gets turned over to the National Archives. The personal stuff kind of still belongs to them. So it's included uh, in the stuff that should have gone to the National Archives after he leaves the vice presidency in January of 2017. And what has President Biden said about all of this? I mean, that's the other interesting part about this. The first time he's responding to this, the first time the White House responds to this is, is, uh, is earlier this week. On Monday, there's a report from CBS News. 
And some breaking news. CBS News has learned that classified documents belonging to President Biden from his time as vice president. That breaks the news that that this first batch existed. And and the White House kind of quickly confirms that. They, they confirm only that first batch at the Penn-Biden Center. Um, and then Biden is asked about it um, and first has a chance to respond to it. Um, on Tuesday when he's in Mexico City for a, a big international conference. He's wanting to focus on, on something completely different from this. But this is the news that sort of comes out uh, prominently from that. He says, I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. He was surprised to learn uh, about these documents. He he makes the case that that they proactively acted once they discovered it. They turned it over, uh, you know, and and kind of punts a little bit to to investigators and and sort of what what they want to say. And we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review. The next opportunity for him to respond came after he's talking about the good economic news. Uh, yesterday on Thursday, and and the question comes from Peter Ducey of Fox News, very pointedly. Classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? You know, why, how could you be so irresponsible to leave these classified documents next to your uh, Corvette <laughs> in your garage? And so Biden in, gets a little bit defensive in his response and, and says, you know, it, it, it's his garage with his Corvette. Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. And so it's locked. You know, the Corvette <laughs> is a cherished possession of, of President <laughs> Biden's. Uh, it's an old car and he's sort of a car guy. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway. It's in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. So, you know, and that, that answer became a little bit problematic, it I think. It sounds glib. That it, like, yeah. Oh, well, I, this couldn't be as valuable as my Corvette is, so it was fine. It was definitely, yeah, classified documents are definitely safe because they're next to my Corvette, which I care yeah, an awful yeah, lot yeah. about. So that created a little bit of problems um, and, but it was like kind of, he was goaded there and he definitely took, he took the bait, you mm-hmm. know, which, which maybe he, he shouldn't have in, in hindsight, you know, so the, then it created a whole nother image of him and his Corvette and the, and the garage. So you mentioned that the Department of Justice has now appointed a special counsel to investigate this. What does that mean? Who is this special counsel? And like, what, what are the implications of that? So the special counsel uh, is uh, Robert Herr, um, and and he's a former prosecutor uh, from Maryland. He's been in sort of elite circles uh, of law enforcement for for years. He was a Trump appointee into that position in in Maryland, but also resisted some of like Trump wanted to do some some prosecutions that that he didn't go along with necessarily. So he's seen a little bit. uh, And one of the reasons that Merrick Garland said he appointed him was that he would be seen as kind of an independent arbiter, nonpartisan but has the Trump appointee aspect. So so he's, there's a little bit of distance between him and, and Biden. And so that can create a little bit of a, a feeling of, of independence. 
So it can mean a lot of things. Sometimes these investigations can go in directions that you don't expect and, and you know, it can take a long time. And so I, I think if what we know now is true and that Biden acted responsibly once he discovered these documents, the documents are not, you know, super problematic from a national security perspective, it, it, there may not be lasting damage from it. But some of the reaction, I think, at least yesterday, was that this might make it harder for Merrick Garland to also prosecute Donald Trump, mm-hmm. who, on a legal perspective, has a different circumstance. But from a political perspective, clearing Joe Biden while prosecuting Donald Trump may get a little bit harder from a political from perspective, from an image yeah. standpoint. So yeah. I, I think there was a feeling a little bit that Donald Trump may have been happier yesterday than it may not be as damaging for Biden. Well, I want to dive more into that, into those differences, because I think a lot of people, including myself, saw this headline and was like, wait, so there's another president <laughs> who is being investigated for, like, having classified documents? Um and obviously, as you say, I think that there, it is probably the feeling of many uh, uh, Democrat officials that they want to draw differences between these two cases and Republicans might want to draw more similarities. But from what we have seen so far, what are the ways in which the this new investigation into Biden is similar to the circumstances around Trump's having of documents? And what is what is different? So I guess the similarities would be only in the sense that each of them had documents that were marked classified. Um, I think Biden is claiming that his was sort of accidental, like he didn't intend to take these documents. It was, uh, you know, sort of a, a clerical paperwork error at the end of uh, end of his time in office. Which the White House points out is a key distinction between him and Trump. With Trump, there has been reporting about him wanting some of these documents, uh, including, for example, the letters that he had exchanged with North Korean President Kim Jong-un. New never-before-heard interviews with former President Trump where he seems to suggest, then backtrack, that he had classified material in Mar-a-Lago. I have great things, though, you know— the letters, the Kim Jong-un mm-hmm. letters, I had many of them. You were able to take those with you? That was Maggie Haberman interviewing Trump. She's the author of the new... And I think the biggest difference and the biggest thing that the White House is currently focused on is how each of them reacted after the government knew that they had these things. Biden proactively came forward and offered these and, and alerted the government that these existed and that they should take them back. Trump, uh, for months and months, resisted questions from the National Archives, requests from the National Archives to return the documents. He also resisted once uh, the Department of Justice was involved, uh, ignored subpoenas, and eventually his home had to be raided in order for these documents to be turned over. But the White House has done not all that much to explain exactly how these documents ended up in, in Biden's possession, even if it's accidental, uh, you know, by, by their account. They, they've, they've focused very little and answered very few questions on how it is that these documents end up in his garage or in the Penn Biden Center uh, and, and why, you know, how sloppy it was or who, who packed the documents. They, they've not answered many of those questions at this point. And do you see a meaningful difference in the locations where these documents were, were found? Like, between Biden's garage next to his Corvette and 
Mar-a-Lago, which is, you know, a place that um, a lot of foreign officials come to or, you know, people in politics, um, that there's, I I don't know, more going on there? I mean, I think for for Trump, he seemed to want to show these things off at some point. Uh, Mar-a-Lago is is kind of a scene, uh, and you have lots of people coming in and out. I think there are some questions of who was coming in and out of Biden's home, and is there a log of that? And so far, the White House has kind of declined to respond to some of those questions. But what is clear is that it's not the kind of entertainment scene there. And being in Wilmington an awful lot covering the White House because he spends his weekends there, it's much lower key for for Biden. It's more of a family residence. His family is there. For Republicans, though, I mean, they're going to point out that Hunter Biden, who they've put under the crosshairs, is there and has access to that garage and, you know, has, has been there often as Biden's son. After the break, I talk with Matt about some of the big questions that are brewing around 2024 and why Democrats are not that nervous yet. We'll be right back. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty, host of On Point. Our big number is one. One episode per day, one story per episode, one really deep dive. At a time when the world is more complex than ever, On Point's daily dedicated conversation takes the time to make the world more intelligible. From the state of democracy to AI to the wonders of the natural world. That's On Point from WBUR, one podcast we think you should subscribe to. So, Matt, let's talk a little bit more about the politics around this. Um, As you said, this has been, in some ways, a particularly good time for Biden coming off the midterms, the fact that Democrats did better than many people expected. Um, Explain a little bit more about the political atmosphere right now and why this new investigation into Biden could throw a wrench into that. I mean, it's kind of a gift in a way, a political gift to Republicans. Uh, Just a week ago was, you know, all this drama on the Hill about House Republicans, you know, almost coming to blows on the House floor and trying to select who their speaker was going to be. And that was the and, and meanwhile, Biden is with Mitch McConnell in Kentucky showcasing bipartisanship, a theme that he wants to make in these next two years, um, the economy is on more stable footing. Biden's approval ratings uh, are ticking upward. He had uh, like a much better midterm cycle than people thought. So he'd had a really strong run. But now, you know, there's almost daily uh, this throughout this week, there's been new letters from House Republicans sent to the Department of Justice and sent to the White House requesting documents, requesting briefings. Um, and even some Democrats are requesting more information about about these documents. Um, so I think it's changed the atmosphere a little bit. And for a Republican Party that was so, you know, had so much discord a week ago, now they're kind of much more unified and focused on Biden. Do you think there is a world in which the controversy around this investigation is so meaningful that it's calls into question whether Biden should run for re-election or makes him question whether he will run for re-election? I mean, it is interesting that this is happening at the very moment where 
Biden has been undergoing that process and by all accounts has appeared to be leaning toward a a re-election campaign that could be announced in in the next couple of months. Uh, So it I don't know that it'll it may not change his own personal calculus of whether to run or not, but. There's a possibility, I think, that it could change the timing of that announcement. I mean, this investigation from this special counsel will go on for a couple of months. And and I don't know if that will change a little bit how he thinks about when to announce uh, and, and, you know, what kinds of questions may emerge over these next few months about the documents. I, I think if it's true from their account that this is kind of a paperwork error and, you know, uh, that the documents are not all that damaging, then it may blow over and, and there may be a way for him to, you know, sort of sort of move on and, and focus on something different. And th- that's what the White House is arguing at the moment. I also want to play out the opposite scenario. If this does turn out to be documents that are very important or that really should not have been there um, and that Biden gets into trouble, like what would happen to Biden? I mean, could he be criminally prosecuted or not, perhaps because he's the president? Could he be impeached? The key that a lot of White House aides are focused on at the moment is intent and whether Biden intended to take these documents. And I think that's a big question. Um, and, And the other thing that is hard in all of these scenarios is you're dealing with classified documents that there's some national security reason that the public is not supposed to know about. So it makes it harder to have a full debate over what these documents are and how damaging it is. And Because we're not supposed to know, we're what, not supposed to know what they are in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that that is like the, the question that's, that's harder to get at and that we're trying to sort of figure out you know, we have some sense from our own reporting of of what Trump's documents entailed. I think trying to get a fuller picture of what the Biden documents entailed is kind of a, a work in progress and a reporting target to figure out kind of how big of a deal is this and how lasting could the damage be. What are the next steps here? Or what what do you expect will be our kind of next point at which we get a better understanding of what's going on here and how long this investigation might last? I mean, I think there's going to be a couple more days probably of trying to get answers to some of the questions of why the White House reacted uh, when it did. And and there's there's another question of kind of the legal aspect. And I think that will be kind of quieter and take more time uh, in order for the special counsel to come up with kind of a fuller scope of of what they are looking at. But I think, you know, this week has been so unusual in that it's been kind of a drip, drip, drip. And so each day almost or every other day, there's been some new revelation that makes you draw into question, you know, the the White House and sort of how they've responded to some of this. Mm. Um, Like at what point are we really getting the full picture and maybe we don't have that full picture yet? Yeah, and that's how it felt throughout the day where there was one batch of documents and then two or three days later, we realized there's another batch. And mm-hmm. then, and then, you know, as Merrick Garland said on Thursday in his press conference. This morning, President Biden's personal counsel called Mr. Lausch and stated that an additional document bearing classification markings was identified at the president's personal residence in Wilmington, Delaware. There was a, one document that was only turned over on Thursday morning to to the Department of Justice, uh, and and our understanding is that that was discovered on Wednesday night in an adjacent room to the garage at Biden's house. 
Um, now, White House officials and Biden's uh, counsel has said that they they feel like they've done a full search and that the search for any other documents is completed, but they found one other document, you know, quite recently. So I think there's a question, and I'm sure that this is something that the special counsel will explore, of is, is this search as thorough as they want it to be to search for other documents and, and make sure that they have the full scope? Matt, my last question to you is one that comes just from my own curiosity. But, like, does every president and vice president do this? It, it seems like if both Trump and Biden have these documents that they weren't supposed to have, like, is is every president just, like, grabbing things as they go out the door being like, oh, you know, maybe this is a, a cool thing to hang on to? Or, like, is it a more widespread problem than we have realized I I think it is. I mean, I and I think Obama was one of the exceptions where he didn't have a special counsel appointed to investigate something that he had done. So I think the appointment of special counsels is not unusual. I also think that there's kind of a massive amount of material that officials are sifting through at the end. The government does give them, you know, time. You know, they have office space uh, for a few months after leaving office to sift through some of this stuff. But there's a, there's a massive amount of material to go through. Um, th- that said, I mean, classified documents uh, do say classified on them. <laughs> you know, they're typically <laughs> in a folder with bright red, you know, so they are easily marked. Um, but I think that there's there's a feeling, and this gets a little bit into the overclassification debate of like, different levels of classification and, and you know, how secretive are some of these things uh, r- really. So it sounds like you're saying that there's a feeling that the presidents in the past might also have been p- playing a little fast and loose when it comes to this kind of stuff. Yeah, and and sometimes they discover things, uh, you know, later in in, in places, and uh, you know, that's where I, you know, it it does seem like Trump has been the anomaly in that respect. Uh, you, you know, he found things and he resisted giving them up. Whereas in the past, I think people found things and they give them up, and and they they kind of alert the National Archives and fork over the document that they accidentally took. (laughs) Matt, thank you so much for explaining all this. Thank you. Matt Weiser is a White House reporter for The Post. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. And keep an ear out for a bonus episode coming tomorrow. The Post's wildly popular advice columnist, Carolyn Hacks, is giving advice to a dysfunctional family that you may know as their royal highnesses. It'll be the perfect fun thing to devour on your long weekends. We hope you tune in. I had a blast recording it, and I hope you find it just as delightful and informative. Today's show was brought to you by producer Alana Gordon, with help from producer Ariel Plotnick. It was mixed by Sean Carter, our engineer, and it was edited by Rena Flores, our supervising senior producer. The other members of the Post Reports team include our executive producer, Maggie Penman, Ted Muldoon, our senior producer, my co-host, Elahe Azadi, Lucy Perkins, our editor, our producers, Eliza Dennis, Charlotte Freeland, Arjun Singh, Jordan Ray Smith, and Renny Svernovsky, and our assistant producers, Sabi Robinson and Emma Talkoff. The Post director of audio is Renita Jablonski. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.